uh, this message is titled, Desperately Seeking Something. Now, I want to make it clear, this is a play on the movie Desperately Seeking Susan, which I have never seen. <laughs> so don't tell anyone I recommended it. I think it's from the 80s. Um, I've never seen it. I have no idea what it's about. But when I was, I was uh, putting this together, that title kept popping into my mind. So I'm calling this Desperately Seeking Something. But do not go watch that movie on my recommendation because I have no idea what it's about. But I want to talk about this tonight because every single one of us is desperately seeking something. Now, I would say, in general, the word desperate is normally pretty negative, right? When somebody is just trying too hard and doing the most, we call them desperate. And we don't mean that in a good way, right? We use that as an insult. But truly, you and I and every single one of us are desperate for something. We are driven and desperately seeking things and people and approval. We're all desperate. Some people, it's more obvious. I would say I'm one of those more obvious people people. <laughs> I know people have looked at me different times in my life and been like, oh, she's so desperate. Because I was. It's obvious with people like me. For some of you, you're also desperate. You just hide it a little bit better and you're cooler than people like me. But we're all a little desperate. We're all seeking things. And I, it's built into our culture to really desperately seek things, right? And we, we kind of disguise it with motivational talk, like go after your dreams, achieve it. You know, Western culture, it's all about what you're doing and what you're gaining and what you're accumulating and what you're building. Achievement, you got to do this. You can do it. You can be anything you want. And I think the result is that we are extremely driven and desperate towards chasing things that are not always what God has called us to. And we're wasting all of our time and energy. We're seeking these things that will make us happy, but we lack contentment, right? I'm just like you. As soon as I get what I want, I'm thinking about the next thing that I want. I don't even really enjoy the thing that I just got. As soon as I bought these shoes, I already know the next pair of shoes that are on my list, right? We have lost the ability to be content because we are so focused on seeking and gaining and seeking and gaining. We lack contentment so much we can't even enjoy what we have. We're just desperate for the next thing. And so I want to talk to you guys tonight about three things that I believe you and me and everybody in our culture is desperate for. And we're going to look at what God says about that. And the first thing is things. Number one is things. And you can look in Matthew chapter 6 with me. Verse 33 says this, but seek first his kingdom, God's kingdom, and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And in context of this verse, God is actually talking about material things. In the verses prior, he's saying, don't be worried about what you're going to eat. Don't be worried about what you're going to drink. Don't be worried about what you're going to wear. But seek me first, seek me and my righteousness, and all these things are going to be added to you as well. So I want to ask you, what are you seeking? Because so many of us, literally right now, if, if you and I, if I asked you the question and you asked me the question, I think our answers would be similar. If we said, what would you do if you had a million dollars? We would all go through our list of materialistic things, right? I want this house and this car and this vacation, and I want to have this experience, and I want to be able to buy this. We are seeking these material 
things. Uh, social media emphasizes things. I feel like literally before social media, my list of shoes that I wanted was much smaller. And now it's much longer. Why? Every single blogger that I follow every single day is telling me 10 things that I need to buy, that I need, that I should want. That looks so cute in her house. That looks so cute on her. Oh, that looks so great on him. He looks so cool with that. Social media has taught us to emphasize things. Our friends have taught us to emphasize things. What do we like to do with our friends? Go buy things. Go do things. Go accumulate things. What are we talking about? The next things we're getting. What do we do after Christmas? Tell each other the things that we got. Our minds and our emotions emphasize things. You know what I like to do when I've had a bad day? Spend my money and buy things. I don't feel better, and I feel worse because then I have less money, and I shop online because I don't like to shop in person, and so guess what? I spend that money, and I don't even get the things for five to seven business days. Rip off, right? But I turn to things. My brain and my emotions want things. Do you see what I'm saying? But we've got it all wrong because we're chasing things. Here's the thing about things. They're not meant to be chased. They're meant to be given. What does God say in this verse? Seek me in my righteousness, in my kingdom, and all of these things will be given to you. Not that you'll be able to obtain these things. You'll be able to get these things. You'll be able to work for these things. No, they'll be given to you. Things were meant to be given. We serve a God who can give us anything that we need and want, including shoes, including cars, and including houses. But we get it flipped when we start to chase those things and try and get those things instead of seeking God and allowing him to give them to us the easy way. God makes it so easy. He says, seek me and my kingdom, and all of these things will be given to you. So listen, this, this message has caused me to really evaluate <laughs> what am I seeking what am I chasing? Why do I have my next 17 purchases planned in my head before I have the money? Those things are meant to be given to me. I shouldn't be chasing those. I'm not going to pick up side jobs so I can buy those things. No, I need to seek God and his kingdom, and those things will be given to me. What is God doing? He's drawing us to him. He's saying, listen, I don't care if you have the things. That's no big deal. Just don't build your life around them. I'll make this real easy. You just get close to me, and I'll give you the things. It's that simple. It all leads back to God. So we've got it wrong when we chase those Things. Our job is to seek him first, and things will be given. Things will be given. This stepped on my toes a little bit, you guys. I'm not going to lie. I'm that person who always knows the next seven things I want to buy and the next things that I'm saving for and what this cash is for and what that cash is for. But no, things are not meant to be chased. They're meant to be given to me by God. So the first thing is things. The second thing is achievements. And this one steps on my toes, too. I'm an achiever. I really like lists. And if you look in Matthew chapter 7, we see in verse 24 through 27, the Passion tells us the story this way. It says, everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came and the fierce winds were beating on his house, it stirred firm, <laughs> stirred firm, <laughs> stirred firm. <laughs> it stood firm because of its strong foundation. Verse 26 tells us this. <laughs> Everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. When it rained and when the floods came and the wind and waves beat on his house, it collapsed 
and was swept away. And I want to tell you, in this story, we actually see two people who achieved the same thing. We read this story and see the end, and we look at one person as the success and one person as the failure. But the truth is, in the beginning of the story, they both looked successful, right? If we were walking down the road, I can see this guy's house, I can see that guy's house. They both have houses. They both achieved what they set out to do, which was to build a house. To you and me and everyone else, it would look like those people had the same level of success, even though one was serving God and one wasn't. They both still achieved what they wanted to achieve. And the point is that you and me can achieve things without God. You can go to school, and you can get the job that you want, and you can get paid a lot of money, and you can buy whatever you want, and you can be successful to a measure in your own right. You and me, because we're humans with brains and God gave us a free will, we can achieve things apart from God. And a lot of times when we're looking at people in the world, that's what we see. We're looking at this person on Instagram who's not serving God. And then we're looking at this like cool pastor we follow on Instagram. And we're thinking, well, they kind of, I don't know, they both are wearing like a designer belt. They both seem like they're living a pretty good life. They both vacationed in the Maldives or whatever. You know, they both have success. So what, what's the difference here? What's really the point in serving God? And so many times the devil can dupe us by looking at people's success. But where do we see things shift in the story? When the storm came, there was one person who lost it all and one person whose home was still standing and was standing in the protection of God. And that's what you and I have to realize. I can achieve things on my own without God. I can do whatever I want. Now, I think God still has some credit in that because he's so gracious. But listen to me. If I achieve something on my own, I've got to realize that whatever I have built is going to be lost one day. I have no control over protecting that thing or saving that thing against things that I did not see coming. And when we choose to achieve things apart from God, it's only temporary. You might look successful for a while and feel successful for a while, and other people might even look at you and call you successful and admire what you've done. But listen to me, how many billionaires have been found dead in their bathtub? It doesn't bring happiness. When the storms of life come, they crumble. It didn't matter how big their house was or how much money they had in their bank account or where they vacationed that year. It didn't matter. If you and I are going to last, we have got to chase God. What did it say? Build your foundation on an unshakable foundation. Excuse me. Build your house on an unshakable foundation. Jesus is saying, whoever hears my teaching and applies it to his life. And we are so driven in our culture for achievement. But when life gets tough, we've got to realize what we're built on. We will find out what we're built on. But so many people are asking us questions like this. What's your GPA? How many points do you score every game? How do you rank in the state? You know, where are you going to go to college? What kind of job are you going to get? You know what they're really asking by that? How much money are you going to make? What are you going to be able to afford in life? What kind of life are you going to be able to give your family? All of these questions are based on achievement. They're not asking you, what are you building your life on? 
How are you overcoming anxiety so that later on, when you face some bigger things, you're not going to be shaken? Nobody's asking the real questions for success. It's all about achievement. So you've got to watch sometimes what other people are pushing you to do. And listen, I'm almost 30 years old, and I still struggle with being a people pleaser. And if certain people tell me to do something, I feel a lot of pressure to do it, even if I don't want to, even if it doesn't benefit me, and even if it's not what God told me to do. And you've got to watch that because many people are just pushing us toward achievement. You need to go to this school. You need to be in this career. You know, you want to make a lot of money. You know, people will share from their wisdom. Well, I wish I had done this when I was your age, right? You know, if you want to be able to afford this, you're going to have to work really hard. No, you're going to have to build your life on God's truth and his foundation and his teachings so that when a storm comes in life, you're not going to be devastated. You're not going to be flattened because a storm will come to every single one of us. There are people in the last year who lost it all. But then there are people who lost a job and got a better job or lost a job and God miraculously brought them the finances they needed and they kept their home and they kept their kids fed and they came out on the other side. What's the difference? It's what they were built on. It's not what they achieved. It's what they were built on. If we will build our lives on the unshakable foundation, we're going to last even when difficult things come. Listen, you're not called to achievement You're not called to chase achievement. And listen, I struggle with this. I struggle with this. I struggle with all three of these things I'm sharing tonight. (laughs) But I, I know what it's like to struggle. But listen, it's worth it to fight against that. If you have to wake up every single day and remind yourself, hey, I'm not chasing things and I'm not chasing achievement today. Because that's really built into our lives every single day. What do you do? You get up every day to go to school or you get up every day to go to work. And at both of those places, you are expected to achieve. So our culture is really putting that in our face every single day. That's why it's going to take effort to say, no, I'm not chasing achievement, but I'm building my life on an unshakable foundation because you and I are going to last that way if we do that. The third thing I want to talk about that all of us are seeking is our heart's desire. And in Psalms 37, 4, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I think really this, uh, all these things we're talking about can really be summarized in this because when we're chasing things and we're chasing achievement, at the end of the day, it's because we think those things will give us our heart's desire. You and me each have things in our heart that we desperately want, desperately, peace, love, happiness, joy. You know, for some of you, it might be a family. For some of you, it might be an opportunity to help other people. And when we're chasing things and chasing achievement, it's because we're really seeking our heart's desire in those things. Maybe I'm chasing things uh, to make me feel like I'm cool and I'm accepted and I'm a part of things, right? Maybe I'm chasing achievement to make me feel like I have value, right? To prove somebody wrong. You said I was never going to be anything. Well, look at me now. What are you really seeking? You're really seeking your heart's desire to overcome your insecurities. You're seeking your heart's desire to feel important and feel loved and feel like you belong. So we've really got to see the underlying issue here. When I'm seeking all of these external things, it's really to address an internal issue, which is the desires of your heart. And on the surface, it might look like we're after one thing, but really we're after things like love, admiration, belonging, being happy, being stable, right, being successful. Those are things that every single one of us want on some level. And when we're really chasing those things, you know, it manifests in a lot of different ways. 
And this verse was so helpful to me because about three weeks ago, I've been trying to preach this message for three weeks, but we got canceled for two weeks. So I've had a long time to think about this, and it's just grown a little longer every week. But three weeks ago, this message had only one verse and one point, and it was this verse because I realized just like out of the blue in the middle of the day one day, the Holy Ghost said, you have been reading that verse wrong like your entire life. And I thought, okay. And when I went back and looked, I thought, well, yeah, I really have. It says, (laughs) let me read it because I will misquote it. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But you know what I read when I read that? Delight the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I read, delight the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And what I saw in this verse was that if I make God happy, if I delight him, He'll reward me with the desires of my heart, right? If I do enough and I strive enough and I seek enough and I can bring him to light, he'll give me the desires of my heart. And the Holy Ghost had to shake me and say, that's not what that verse says. Read it again. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So all you need to do is delight in him. All these things that we're chasing, all the answers we're seeking, all the peace that we need is found not even in making God happy, not in doing everything perfectly, not in doing everything that the Bible says, not in praying for five hours every day. He doesn't mention any of that. He says, delight yourself in me and you will have the desires of your heart. All I have to do is find my happiness in him. God's not asking me to make him happy. He's just asking me to find my happiness in him. I don't have to perform for him. I don't have to check everything off for him to earn the desires of my heart. All I have to do is learn to find my joy in him. How gracious is he that he says, you don't even have to make me happy. I just want to see you happy so bad. And all you have to do is come to me. Delight yourself in me, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. It's easy. It's not about striving. It's not about trying. Delight yourself in him. Find your happiness in him. There's no striving and trying. And listen, if your personality is anything like mine, you could just, like, weep at the thought of that. (laughs) I'm just that person sometimes who thinks I have to do everything. Do everything. Do it all. And if I'm not good enough, then I didn't earn this from God today. God's not telling me that. I'm telling myself that. The devil is helping all that is required for me to receive the desires of my heart is to delight in him all I have to do is wake up every day and delight in him that's it it's that simple and we're chasing so many other things trying to get there when God says no 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 it's not about your grades it's not about your athletic performance it's not about where you go to school or if you go to college right It's not about trade school. It's not about making your parents happy. You just delight in me, and you'll have everything that your heart desires. So I want to ask you tonight, what are the areas of your life that you're striving and chasing and pursuing when you really only need to be delighting? And this is a question I've been asking myself. This is a huge shift for me, you guys. This is fresh. Like I said, I just realized all this three weeks ago, and now every day I'm trying to, like, get my mind there again because every day I want to go back to, like, earning things, and God's like, nope, nope, nope. You don't wake up and you try. You just wake up today and you delight in me. You have a good time with me. That's it. We're all good at having good times. God made us good at that, right? (laughs) We love to have fun. Nobody likes boring, lame things, right? Nobody really likes hard things. You can get some satisfaction from difficult things. 
but we're good at having fun. God just says, wake up and delight in me. So what are the areas of your life where you're trying when you need to be delighting? Don't let people put pressure on you to pursue things when you're just really called to delight. And I really feel this so strongly that this is a word to to some of you tonight. And, you know, I believe that the people who are speaking into your life mean well. But some of you, I think some of you who are juniors and seniors just need to listen to me tonight and really realize You know, God is calling you to delight in him. And you've got to seek him for what you're supposed to do after high school. Because it really matters. It really matters. And our culture pressures us into making many, many decisions. And and like I said, I believe this people who speak in your life, they mean well. And I'm not saying anything bad against them. But if people are just driving you to go to college and to make money and asking you questions like that and, and trying to, to push you in a certain direction of what they think you need to do, you just need to delight in God and hear what he wants you to do. Because it's important and you will find yourself so frustrated. Listen, I wanted to go to college, so that was on me. I did go to college. I I got my degree, and now I'm not using it, and I'm still paying my student loans. So (laughs) I'm grateful that I went, and I am using those skills today. But at the same time, I think I did a lot more of what I wanted to do, and I didn't seek God as diligently as I should have to say, really, God, what do you want me to do? I'm not saying he would have told me to do something else, but I'm saying I think I did that just in my own mind of wanting, you know, this is something I want to achieve. I want to do that. I want to have a degree. That's totally fine, but I'm not using it now, and I'm still paying for it. So it's a little less fun than it was when I was, like, walking to class on my first day of college thinking I was cool. (laughs) And I wasn't. Still not, but at least now I know it. (laughs) So don't let people put pressure on you to pursue things when you are just called to delight. People are pushing you into things. Don't let them. And I'm still telling myself that every day. Listen, if you let people push you into things, they will keep doing that for as long as you let them. And at some point you have to say, listen, it's more important for me to obey God than to make other people happy. So I want to encourage you to join me in what I'm doing, which is slowing down, waking up every day, and delighting in God. That's it. I'm not focused on what I can achieve, what I'm going to buy, what I'm saving my money for. I wake up. I've had to remind myself of this every single day. Listen, I got up this morning, and I was going to go do something before work, and God said, nope, you just delight in me. So I said, okay, I just delight in you. And then you know what? I got off work, and I was going to go do that thing because I had like an extra hour, and he said, nope, (laughs) you just delight in me. So I just delighted in him. Really, if we slow down and we start seeking God like this, he's going to speak to you the same way that he's speaking to me. What is he teaching me? to do to find my joy in him because all those other things that I am chasing and seeking are just going to be given to me the desires of my heart will come if I can just learn to delight in him and I also want to talk to you about something that's a little unpopular but I've really been pursuing it hard this year and it's easier for me than you maybe because I am a morning person but I've I'm learning to become like an extra early morning person based on the principle of God says Seek me first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I have taken that really literally. Um, I know that you can put God first and you don't necessarily have to do it early in the morning. But I've heard a lot of people share that just it's something crazy like 70% of like the wealthiest people in the world 
are up before 6 a.m. or something like that. I butchered that statistic, but it's like pretty close to that, okay? <laughs> so I think there's something to be said. And I really have personally seen great results from taking that very literally and waking up and putting God first. Because here's what happens. I can see God at any time of day, but I've realized that if I get up and I do a bunch of other things first or I just like get up and rush to work or go to school and I have like eight hours behind me before I go to spend time with God, I show up to him and I'm pretty frustrated and it's hard to focus and it takes me a long time to kind of like get in the zone. But when I wake up at 5 a.m. and it's really, it's still dark outside and I'm feeling really drowsy and I walk to my living room, I'm telling you, I can hear God like that. When I haven't clogged my mind up with all other kinds of stuff the whole day and then tried to show up to talk to him, I can hear him so easily. So I'm not saying you have to get up at 5 a.m. or anything crazy. You do what works for you. But in my life, there is really something to be said for literally putting God first, for making talking to him the first thing I do every day. It's so much easier for me to hear from him. And then when I start the day that way, I can hear from him more clearly throughout the day as well. So I want to encourage you to try that. Join me in slowing down, focusing on delighting ourselves in God, and looking at your life too. Look, look at the things that you're chasing. That's what God is helping me see. Morgan, you're chasing these things. You're chasing this, and you're chasing that. You just need to delight. So will you do that with me? Will you guys try it? It's been super awesome. <laughs> it's really, really been great. And listen, it's been really, really freeing. Um, statistics show that your generation and my generation are um, the most stressed out generations ever. Uh, we're also sleep deprived. Our anxiety is really high. These are literal statistics about you and me and the culture that we live in. So for me, it's been extremely freeing to realize I don't have to achieve anything. I just wake up and I delight in God and I have a good time with him. That takes so much pressure off of me and what I feel like I need to do and what I feel like I need to, to bring to the table and has done a lot to really bring me peace and alleviate anxiety to carry that thought with me throughout the day. Even when I'm at work and there is pressure on me to achieve things, when I start my day with that mindset, I can carry it through the day and say, nope, I'm not going to get stressed about this because <laughs> my job's not to achieve anything. It's to delight in God, and he'll help me with whatever I need. So I want to pray and encourage you guys as we close tonight. Father, we're so grateful for the help that you've given.